Hey, Broker Fam. Welcome to another episode of the Broker's Playbook Podcast. This week, we've got something special for you where I, Bobby Pume, the executive producer and COO at Broker's Playbook, actually take the mic and work with an equal of mine out in the, uh, in the real estate world. His name's Jeff Brown. He's the Director of People and Operations at the Heaps Estrin team, Royal LePage's number one GCI earner over the last four years running. They run an incredible ship, and we get some insight into how Jeff does that with his people and operations. With what you're seeing today with Broker's Playbook Podcast is a little bit of behind the scenes, how we run everything that makes a wonderful real estate team tick. So if you like what you're seeing or hearing on today's podcast, please let us know with a comment below and we'll make sure that we bring the background to the forefront for you all the time. Welcome to the show, Brokers Playbook Nation. Uh, I'm not your typical host. My name's Bobby Pume, and normally I'm in the background uh, just taking care of everything that Simeon needs. But today, today I've come to the forefront to host for you because we have a colleague here of mine today. His name is Jeff Brown with the Heaps Estrin team. Welcome. Great to be here. And Jeff also works in the background with a real estate team. So we thought that we'd bring everybody from the background into the forefront today to give you guys an understanding of sort of how we see the real estate world and what we work to implement for you so that you can become a better, bigger, faster, stronger realtor. So again, Jeff, welcome. Thanks for joining me. Good to see you, Bobby. All right. This is my first hosting job. I think so. you're doing great. <laughs> so far, so yeah. good, right? Celebrate already. Yeah. So tell everybody a little bit about what you do at Heap Sestrin. Yeah, for sure. So my title is Director of People and Operations. So I oversee uh, the administrative functions, finance, you have our sales assistants, and also our people function. So we have 15 staff, so they need to be supported. Uh, They need a go-to person, a manager. Uh, So I play that function. Um, And then over the last year, I've been with Heaps Estrin. Um, Kaylee's been leading us through quite a big strategic change. And so I've been partnering with her on creating the two to three year strategic plan, uh, as well as creating the talent plan to to complement that, because we have to bring in the right expertise and skills uh, to make that vision a reality. It's actually a lot of what I tell people when they ask me what I do, right? I'm ultra forward-facing. I'm probably the most forward-facing individual at REC Canada, right? What are we going to do two, three, four years down the line here? But also then taking a look backwardly to say, where did we fail? Why are these changes required? And what happens next for us here? So always farthest into the front, but also farthest into the past. Do you find the same thing? Yeah. And I'd say sometimes it's not even based on failure. It's just what got you to where you are today is not going to be the exact same thing you need to get to the next level. That's so well said. Yeah. So Tell me a little bit about your background. You came from, if I'm not mistaken, a banking background. That's right. Most of my career was at BMO Financial Group. Uh, did progressive HR roles there. So I uh, was in diversity and inclusion when I got started. Was very passionate about that subject matter. Still am. Uh, then I was an HR generalist. So uh, basically, if there was a branch um, that you've been in in Toronto or the GTA, I was the HR guy for uh, those spaces. I loved that job. I, at one point, I was like biking between the branches uh, during the day, which I really loved. Uh, and then I took on more strategic roles. I supported the the chief HR officer for a while and did some special projects there. Amazing. Why real estate then? What happened? 
I, uh, accident, I think similar to, to your story maybe. Um, so I um, had gone to a company that was in the uh, hospitality and live event space right before the pandemic. Um, so that was quite the adventure. Um, and then it was it was a mutually agreed upon um, decision for us to, to think about the next chapter and uh, the company is, is doing great, but I needed a new challenge. And so uh, Kaylee had a job posting up. I saw the brand, I saw the company, I was attracted to it because it was a female-led company, um, and uh, the marketing was on point. And so I reached out, we had some conversations, um, the skill set that she needed on her leadership team matched what I could bring to the table, and it's been a fun year ever since. It's amazing. Uh, l- let's talk a little bit about Heap Trend. Sure. So for context for everybody that's listening or watching today, uh, I'm with REC Canada. That's Royal Page Canada wide. Yep. Number two, GCI, gross commissionable income as the metric. We're number yep. two in the country. Keeps Estrin. Number, number one. one. Yeah. Number one. And has been for how many years running? I believe four. Don't quote me on that, but I believe four. Yeah. It's this is an amazing team. And and I think what enough people that listen to this particular show understand is that collaboration is a portion of the key to their success. We believe in that. Very, very much. And because you're the number one team in the country, we're the number two team in the country, we actually don't compete very often. Correct. You have very different goals, very different subsets of the population that you work with than REC Canada does. So tell us a little bit about the business and what you love about that. Yeah, um, we are lucky enough to be working with uh, some of the the best clients in the city. Um, And uh, our agents, I, I'm really, really proud of them. Like I, I felt like an outsider for a long time because again, new to the industry, but now having been there for a year, like I have referred my best friend and his spouse to our company and the way Megan Tellandry and our team completely transformed their home search experience. Uh, my friend Chris and his wife, Laura, were looking all over the city, outside of where they really want to be, close to their parents, uh, close to the school district they wanted because they thought they had to compromise. And they were getting kind of sick of it. And um, they paused their search. And then when they restarted it, I recommend them connect with Megan. And she played a few roles. She was um, obviously a very strategic realtor, uh, a dynamite negotiator, but she was also a coach for them. My friend Chris is like six foot seven. And so if he couldn't fit in one of the showers in the house, he was like, we can't do it. And she was like, maybe you consider doing a renovation a year from now and not losing this amazing opportunity. Long story short, um, they were able to find a home uh, in in their preferred area in in, in the Summerhill neighborhood of Toronto. Um, And so through that, like our team does repeats, Latherance repeats that all the time. Um, I'm confident to refer anyone that I love to one of our agents because they are such great strategic advisors. Um, And we work, as I probably should have been clearer up on the front of, we're in the residential side. Um, and for um, our purposes, we focus on Toronto Central mostly, but we do do business across the city. That's so amazing. Uh, and I'm glad you went back to the, to the residential side of yeah. it, right? Because what REC Canada does is work almost exclusively in investment. Correct. But the one commonality there was that we become advisors, coaches to our clients. Yeah. It's that's the differentiator that I believe right? REC Canada, Heap Session, and any great team actually brings is the educational component yes. to the real estate transaction itself. But it also said, you said something there, uh, I'm not going to be able to repeat it perfectly here, but that it's a lather, rinse and repeat type scenario. Yep. And you and I talk a lot on the outside, right, of, about standard operating procedures yep. okay? or, or SOPs. 
Tell me a little bit about some of the ones that you've worked to implement at Heap Session since you started. Yeah, I, I can't take credit for many of the processes that are foundational to the company. Uh, Catherine, uh, who has been leading our listings function for uh, a few years now, has an amazing project management-based approach to how we manage our listings and coordinate across marketing, uh, my team uh, on the administrative side, and with the agents and the client. Um, when we started getting higher volumes, we needed to have a process that didn't just live in email because it was driving everybody crazy. And there was a high, high risk of dropping the ball. Uh, and that's just not acceptable for the client experience that we're going to deliver. Um, so that, that listings process and using Monday.com project management software became a foundation of, of, of what we do. And that was also co-created with one of our agents, Amanda and I think that element of having both the administrative side and the client facing side building something, that's how you can make a recipe for success because it's not just some you know, administrator in the background saying, here's how you sell, because we all know how that lands with salespeople. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, how has reaction been to some of the things that you've worked to implement on the realtor side of things? I, I think as a preface to that, I would say that most of the realtors that that approach us at REC Canada to join our team or come to Brokers Playbook looking for training. Okay. They're actually looking for mentorship yep. from a team. But then they're also quite rigid in most cases about the way that they want to run their business. Our model, different than Heaps Estrin, allows for that to a degree. Okay. Right? Um, but where I would kind of go with it is I, I bump up a lot of, against a lot of resistance when it comes to, well, I kind of do it this way and I always have and I don't feel like changing. Sure. Do you notice the same thing? Yeah, and that's not unique to our industry, right? right? It's just change is difficult. It sucks. And, and anyone who says they like it, you know, maybe they like the end product, but naturally humans are adverse to change. Um, I'd say with you know, what we've rolled out over the last year, uh, we've launched a training platform, we've doubled down on our CRM, and it's never, um, I, I can't pinpoint people on our team who had a, a challenging time versus an easy time because across all those different implementations, it landed differently with different people. And so the key, no matter what you're doing, is, as you alluded to, is, is the discipline, is, is repeating the messaging on why something's important. It's assessing ahead of time who may have some requirements to have a little bit more of uh, support to get there. Um, but the key thing um, is that desire to change. And if you have that willingness and if you can trust in a colleague uh, who has a background like you and I do, um, or trust in someone who says, hey, I've been there, this is how I've grown my business. Um, if you follow those steps, then you can reflect back and say what works for you and what doesn't. But if you don't try, you won't know. Give me a baseline for how you attempt to uh, to build out any particular process. Do you follow a step-by-step -step system that you adhere to? Is it interviewing some of the realtors on your team to find out what they're doing in the best possible way and then recreating it for some of the others? Give me some insight on that. Yeah, for sure. In an ideal state, um, well, what, what I did when I started with Heaps Estrin is I had a few town halls with our, our agents where really they drove the agenda of what was working, what was uh, what they wanted to see continue, and, and what they really wanted to see change. And that drove most of the agenda for the balance of the year. Um, and when I think back to that time last spring, um, some of it was they wanted more hands-on sales assistance support. So we've added a second sales assistant. Um, from the process side of things, they knew that the client relationship software follow-up boss that we use um, 
was more powerful than what we were actually using it for. And so once you have that, instead of me as an administrator or Kaylee as an owner being like, thou shalt do, do this, hearing from them, okay, this is the outcome I want. We can then pair that with, well, this is the, these, are, these are the solutions we're proposing. Let's try it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that consultation period to get the buy-in from the team is key. Um, from there, it's really writing down and being clear on what the policy is and what the ask is of everybody. On emails, when I send them out, I'll literally say action required so that that email doesn't get lost in the shuffle. We also have a weekly sales meeting where we'll go over the material. And then whoever on my team or myself who's leading the project will always have office hours or one-on-one meetings with agents so that they can really understand. So already there are three different ways that we're rolling out the learning and the change so that no matter what your learning style, whether you like to read something, be shown something, um, or you know, just listen and, and give uh, feedback and ask questions, all those channels are open so that you can have a success- successful implementation. It's fantastic. I love the organization as a whole mm-hmm. that comes from, from you. Um, you and I had spoken briefly a little while back now about uh, residual training, if you will, or repeat training yep. and what you've worked to design with that. I find with our team, we get um, we get the consistent message. Like there's a lot going on all of the time. It can be really overwhelming. Yes. And because we allow for most of our agents to work as sort of independent contractors flying the flag of REC Canada, it, the tendency is to prioritize business first yep. right? and then come back to whatever foundational piece they can find right. in order to then push out more client experience after the fact, right? But you guys went ahead and designed something that's very forward-facing instead, right? Tell me about your trainual specifically. Yeah, for sure. So uh, Mike Legault on our team joined us, I think, in September. Um, and he has a really wonderful disciplined approach when it comes to um, lead generation and lead nurturing. And so we attacked sort of this prickly market um, in the fall. And, you know, we're coming out of it now, thank God, but uh, we attacked it with this discipline. And so we started to do uh, a power hour each uh, month where the whole team comes together, looks at their database, sends out uh, monthly update messages, looks at the analytics that come back from it and, and does some calling and some, and some uh, lead generation. Um, if they're not disciplined in, in, generating that business now, then they could have a problem three months from now. And also just from a client experience and client expectation perspective, people want that high touch. They want to be talked to. They want to be communicated to. They want to be listened to. So this is an opportunity to build that. To your original ask around training, well, that kind of came next because Mike identified that there were some gaps in, in people wanting to know what to say, what to do, how to follow up appropriately and not seem to salesy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we built a platform uh, using trainuals accessible to anybody um, that you can load up videos and screen grabs of how to do things, scripts, um, and they forever live there. So instead of having to dig through email or dig through a Google Drive, um, if someone wants to brush up on something, we can just send them the link and they're able to review it. And you guys have that set up sort of as an LMS. If you were going to onboard somebody new, does that learning management software exist for that person to be able to start at day one and push all the way through? Well, I love how you did your onboarding with follow-up boss. We've done it a bit differently to your point through Trainual. And yes, so it, everything from me having a video saying, hi, this is who I am, this is what I do, uh, down to uh, FinTrack compliance, which everyone's favorite topic. Everyone, um, everyone. It's all in there um, so that people don't have to go looking. 
Um, Michael Legault said uh, to me, pretty straightforward, I did not love my onboarding experience. And I was the one accountable for his onboarding experience. Yeah. So we knew that something had to change. And and this this platform and getting the buy-in from our team to use it. Um, back to your question before, um, this trainual launch was probably the most well-received. I got the most unsolicited, positive emails from agents saying, you're, you're hitting the mark on this. Um, so yeah, big kudos to Mike on our team. Yeah, that's fantastic. Big kudos to you. It's something that we still struggle with every day. Uh, and maybe, to, to be fair, it's because of the way that the team is structured, right? Um, tell us a little bit about your structure. Everybody works underneath the Heaps Estrin flag, right? Yep. Right, And they are dedicated agents that work with Heaps Estrin specifically. Correct. Amazing. We don't get into splits and things of that nature on the team. This isn't meant to pump the tires of the Heap Session team, although you guys are amazing, right? So the inner workings of this is of value to any particular realtor, right? Um, when you started with Heap Session, yep. okay, you were coming from, you said hospitality and banking previous to that. What's the first thing that you noticed that was crazy different about real estate as opposed to those more corporate settings? So for me... I always practiced HR and operations and environment where everyone was an employee. That's only half true for my current mandate. Um, my agents are my colleagues, but they're also my clients. Um, they work on this team, and in doing so, they are um, they're, they're they're investing some of their commission into this team, and they it creates a healthy tension because they expect high quality service from the marketing team. Same from my team. Um, and really it's important for me to wear both hats of, okay, I need to lead the team down a certain direction so we can all be successful, but I also have to listen to my clients, which in this case are the agents. So that was a big shift for me. Um, I really like that though. I think it's, um, I, I, when I, I joked with um, some of our agents because I was rolling out a new policy and we had a really good kind of heated discussion about it. And I was like, I need you guys to appreciate that I have to roll out policy to like five of the best negotiators in the city right now. Uh, <laughs> it's not easy. Um, and I think they respected that. Um, but over time as I showed that me that I and my team were there to add value and to help them succeed. And they saw us genuinely dive in, get our hands dirty, whether it was jumping on the front desk when someone was sick to answer calls or opening closing houses, because we have a concierge service that does that. Um, and seeing, you know, senior members of my team jump in to fill gaps there, they knew we were all rolling in the same direction and, and, and genuinely caring about their clients, which is what they care the most about. That's so amazing. Um, this has been wonderful. Okay. Now we put you on the hot seat. Okay. That's great. the whole point of Broker's Playbook. Okay. So literally baked into the name, right? Playbook. I would like for you to give us two today. Two. Two. Because you and I aren't realtors, but we speak to that industry. Right. So from a realtor perspective, give somebody two or three things that they can be leveraging their backend teams for that they're probably not leveraging them for today. Ooh. Um, especially for high-performing individuals, which real estate agents tend to be, delegation is, is really hard. So I think it would start with the agent doing a bit of a self-audit around what is the work that they, they, they lose energy from doing, mm -hmm. where they really, they might even be good at it, but it just takes up too much time. Um, right now, we're trying to work with our agents to trust our admin staff 
to 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 pull some paperwork together for them and 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 of course the agents accountable for that end product but just to have that support to pull together maybe some of the inputs for an offer to make their life easier a lot of agents will go well it's just faster if i do it i i need to have the quality assurance for my client respect that for sure but um in order to get capacity back um we're now actively asking our agents before it gets hopefully too busy in the spring market to sit down with our sales assistants and walk through how they like to write an offer. What's their process? What do they look out for so that they get that leverage of the team um, and they build that comfort and trust. So I think audit yourself, see where you could get some more support and then build that trust with your team uh, in a not a pressure cooker environment. That's so wonderful. I literally echo the same thing every single day. Leverage the team for what yep. you need. Um, that's great. So there's for the agent. Now, you and I, well, I want to believe that we're the most unique individuals in all of real estate in all of Canada. Okay. Okay. I, I'll go with there with you. I love it. I love it. But but we aren't. We're not the only operational directors around. Yeah. Right? So, so let's hit them for a second. Give them two or three tips, tricks, little bits of advice that you would suggest implementing today if you're running operations with a real estate team? Yeah, I'd say um, maybe I'll give you two for one. So I think um, executive presence is a, is a skill set that I think is really under, uh, um, is not well understood and is not nearly invested in as much as it needs to be. Um, LinkedIn Learning uh, has great courses. Um, and if you're ever stuck going there, I think you can, I think you can do a free trial if you wanted to. Uh, but I wrote it down so I didn't forget. John Ullman uh, does an executive presence course that I love. And it really helps if you're an administrator or a leader within more of a back-end function. How can you approach the team with confidence, with clarity? How can you communicate and how can you make sure you're budging the time to listen to your team, to solicit feedback? It, it's something that I go back to often to make sure I'm practicing what I preach. Um, and that executive presence element, do a little research on that. That will do wonders for your current situation and your career overall. The next, I think, is understanding how you respond to external accountability and internal accountability. So one of my favorite authors uh, is Gretchen Rubin. She was the, um, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess this up, but I think she was a clerk for the Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor in the States, okay. and then she became a researcher. And she looked into happiness, and what it boiled down to for her was people tended to go in four different directions when it came to how they viewed outer accountability and inner accountability. So for example, some people do really well with an external challenge. Hey, Bobby, keep me accountable. I want to run 10K every week this, this month. And if I uh, don't do it by the end of the month, I owe you 40 bucks. Some people respond really well to that. I would not. I would resent you by the end of the first week. <laughs> I also would not. Exactly. Um, but someone who would respond well to that challenge, uh, I believe is someone called a, an obliger. Someone who, if they externalize the accountability, they actually get motivated. Opposite for me. So mm -hmm. I'm on her framework, what they call a questioner. I just need to know why. So if I say, you know, okay, well, Jeff, why are you going to be running 40 kilometers this month. Oh, I want to achieve my health goal. And if I answer that question, I'm more motivated and would actually more likely succeed in the new habit than if I took another approach. So I think it's the free online quiz, Gretchen Rubin, I believe.com. 
If not, it'll point you in the right direction. Find out what your tendency is. And then if you're a leader of team members, find out what theirs are, because that way you can have an honest conversation around goal setting and accountability both ways, both up and down and across and understand how each other tick a bit so that you're not projecting how you like to be held accountable on other people when they might really resist it just because of who they are. It's so wonderfully said. Jeff, Thanks. thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Brokers Playbook Nation, this is Jeff Brown of the Heaps Estrin team here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All right, we're going to have you back 100 million times. Great. All right. Listen, I, I only get to pick one person to bring on to, so that I can get to host. So I'm going to start hosting all of them with just you. You oh. and I back and forth. <laughs> the Operational Brokers Playbook. What Thank you. No. <laughs> I would love to. This was fun, my man. We're going to do this again. Thanks for joining us. Great. Take care. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you so very much for spending your time with us here at Brokers Playbook. This is a growing community. If you found value in this video, please invite others to subscribe and of course, share the videos with. We'll see you soon.